Hello, good human, and welcome or welcome back to the Sunshine Project podcast. My name is Chloe. I am your host, and I bloody love an op shop. I thrift most of my clothes. And a quick note before we get into this episode, it's all about op shopping, but if you're not from Australia, then you probably call that thrift shopping or thrifting or secondhand buying. I don't know. In Australia, op shop is a shortened version of opportunity shop, which is what places have been called here traditionally that you would go and buy things that have been donated once they've been loved by somebody else. And in today's episode, we, yeah, we're looking at at op shopping specifically in part one of this series on sustainability, which was back on Monday. We spoke about like how to be more sustainable day to day and how to enjoy it and how to not feel weirdly guilty about not doing it well enough all of the time. But op shopping is something I adore and I've very much been looking forward to recording this. In fact, about six months ago, I made the decision that about 99% of my clothes were going to be thrifted from now on. And I made that decision for so many different reasons. Firstly, the money thing, like money is tight for everyone right now and it is inarguably so much more affordable to buy things from an op shop than it is to buy them new. Secondly, I love a challenge. It puts a little bit of a fire in my belly to know that I, you know, I'm challenging myself to find something that is exactly what I'm looking for because it is truthfully a little bit more difficult to do that in an op shop than it is to do walking into your local shopping mall. And, you know, that sounds a little bit negative, but I don't really think that it is because it also stops me from falling into the trap of buying things because they're on trend. As much as I can think that I have a really unique and different personal style that I've built up over years and years and years, the minute I walk into a shopping center and I see a beautifully crisp and vibrant billboard featuring some hottie wearing some great clothes. I want them. I want them. I do. Because that's marketing, baby. And that's part of being a society. But thrifting helps me get out of that mindset. It also has helped me develop a personal style in that I'm not just wearing the things that everybody else is wearing. I'm always wearing things that are a little bit different and you know, maybe a little bit quirky, maybe even a little bit outdated sometimes, but you bet your bottom dollar, I get so many compliments on what I wear. And I would say a lot of that is to do with the fact that it's just different. It's just different stuff. And the last reason I personally picked up this challenge is about the stuff that I have. Don't get me wrong, I still overconsume in a thrift shop. I do. I still have the problem of having too many clothes. I mean, like they all fit in my wardrobe, but I have enough clothes that I feel overwhelmed by it sometimes. And I'm constantly going through and sorting through and donating or selling or what have you. But at least I know that it's part of a closed loop cycle. I used to sometimes go to the shops and buy heaps of new clothes, really cheap new clothes. And then I would get home and I would get a feeling in the pit of my stomach that was kind of similar to the feeling that I get when I eat heaps of KFC. 
you know, like you just feel, you just feel like maybe that wasn't soul food. I got that same feeling when I would buy heaps of clothes from a new first-hand store, but I don't get it anymore. So yeah, I am obsessed. But it does go past just thrifting clothes. Today, we're going to be talking about the different types of thrifting that you can do and why I highly recommend them and how to do them well. We're going to talk through my tips, also known as the Sunshine Toolkit, for becoming a thrifting queen or a thrifting king or a thrifting royal person. Look, we're going to talk about how to do it well and how to love it. And we're also going to add a new segment to the podcast today, which I'm pretty excited about. It's got some butterflies in my tummy, but we'll get there. Let's go. Okay, there are a million different types of thrifting you can do in 2024. There used to be an op shop down the road and maybe a market on a Sunday where you could go and buy your clothes and you best believe I frequented both of those places like nobody's business. I actually didn't grow up with thrifting like some of my friends did. We didn't really go to the op shop. I did I did get lots of hand-me-downs from people directly because I was always quite small for my age but we were the sort of family who would not buy heaps of clothes in general like we would get a few items maybe once or twice a year like two or three things that we had grown out of in our other sizes but yeah we never did the clothing whole thing but as I especially after I left high school there was a period after high school when I was in university where I had absolutely no money like no money and there was a while where the little money that I did have, I spent on buying new clothes. Like I would, I would have limited funds. So I would go down to Kmart and get some new work pants and a new work shirt and a new tee and a new skirt and, you know, all of that stuff. But it just wasn't very sustainable for all of the reasons that we've already mentioned. And when I discovered my local savers, which I think they're all over Australia, I think they called something else in in other parts of the world but it's like the recycle superstore and there's heaps of clothes and you can donate and I just really fell in love with the cyclical nature of that I loved the fact that I could buy something and really I could find anything I wanted to buy I could love it I could wear it once or twice because as you may remember from an earlier episode, I do have a general rule of wearing something 30 times, otherwise I don't buy it. But if I'm thrifting something, you know, if it was for a special occasion or something and I only wore it a few times and then donated it back, you know, if that item of clothing is like $15 and I get two or three wears out of it and then donate it back, that's like $5 a wear and it hasn't contributed to landfill, it hasn't contributed to waste, it's like the cheapest clothing hire setup ever. Anyway, the same goes for markets. I used to sell my clothes at markets quite often, but I had to stop doing that because I would put so much effort into my market stalls. I remember the first time I did a market, it was a local market, the Brighton market in Adelaide, and I spent probably two weeks setting up. I cut out little bunting flags out of different colored paper, and I made all these signs, and I printed them, and I set up with my trestle table and baskets of clothes and racks of clothes and a guitar case of Patrick's full of accessories. And the only, the only person who even tried to buy something from me in about five hours was an old man that came up and asked to buy the guitar case. 
And the guitar case wasn't for sale, although I was tempted. It was pretty lucky that Pat was sitting next to me and said, um, no, that is mine. But yeah, now there are so many more options than just op shops and thrift stores and Sunday markets. You've got salvage stores, which I love. Those guys basically collect um, furniture and furnishings and spare parts and flooring and everything from buildings that have been demolished or not finished or sold or, you know, they buy in bulk and they get heaps of stuff and then you get to go and sort through it. And we could not have completed any of our renovations without our local salvage stores. I might pop something on the Sunshine Project Instagram story just listing all of my favourites in Adelaide. I don't really want to go through them on mic because I know that not everyone listening lives in Adelaide. Um... Anyway, Savage stores are brilliant. Similarly to the way that clothes being thrifted helps you carve out your own personal style, buying things from Savage stores, whether that be a table and chairs or a bathroom vanity or tiles or what have you, means that you will have a place and a space that looks like it's just yours. It doesn't look like anyone else's. It's the opposite of copied and pasted. And you can buy artwork from a salvage store or rugs or whatever you like. It's all super affordable. And then you'll find that you can pair that stuff with things from Ikea or with things from Temple and Webster or wherever. And it still looks really unique and different because you've given it your own spin. We've also got vintage stores. So vintage stores, are they've kind of got a similar offering to op shops and salvage stores, I find, but they're much more curated. Now, you will be paying more for that curation. You will be paying more for those bell-bottom jeans that have been carefully chosen or for that mid-century modern buffet that's been lovingly restored. But that's definitely an option if you would like to live more sustainably not for financial reasons, for all of the other reasons, which are still so valid. There's Depop. So again, this one's going back to mostly clothes. I flip and love Depop. I go through a cycle of selling my things on Depop and buying more things on Depop every few months. I just feel that the platform is easy to use. And I love, again, that idea of a really cyclical economy, a circular economy, buying things and wearing them and loving them and then helping them find a new home, making a bit of money back that you can then spend on more things. It's cyclical for everyone. And lastly, I just want to call out the thrifting that you can do on Marketplace or Gumtree. Gumtree, I think, is maybe Australia and New Zealand specific. I think I only think that because it's called Gumtree. It might be everywhere, but let's talk mostly about Facebook Marketplace, which I do prefer anyway, mostly because people aren't anonymous there. They've got a profile connected with them. They've got ratings. You can see who you're talking to. It feels a little bit safer. If you are buying things on Facebook, I actually do always recommend putting safety at the front of mind just because you're meeting up with people. I love Marketplace though for some bargains and for some amazing pieces and for some things that, you know, people just want to get rid of. Like they don't really care that this is a 1966, I don't know, Mozart table. I know Mozart didn't make tables, please, please let me be. You know, they're just like, oh, there's this old table that I got from an op shop and I don't really want it anymore, so 10 bucks, come and get it. Like, that is so cool. They get their $10, you 
you get your cool table. And further on from Marketplace, still on Facebook, I'm a part of so many different Facebook groups that really boost my personal sustainability. So that looks like for clothes, buy, swap, sell pages for specific brands. So I'm in like buy, swap, sell spell designs, which is a brand I wear all the time. Buy, swap, sell Arnhem. Buy, swap, sell Nine Lives Bazaar. If there's a brand that's like a little bit nice and a little bit bougie, then you can probably find a buy, swap, sell page specific for it. I'm also part of buy nothing pages in my local area. So if I have things that we want to get rid of, like recently an old mattress that was still in really good nick or an old fridge, we pop those up on the pages and someone that doesn't want to spend money or doesn't have the capacity to spend money right now, or again, just doesn't want to spend money, can come and get it or we can drop it off. Win, win. And lastly, I'm part of a group called Street Bounty Adelaide or Street Bounty SA. And oh, this one is so flippin' cool. Basically, whenever anyone sees a good hard rubbish collection on the side of the road, a good pile of stuff, it might be out the front of their house, it might be out the front of a stranger's house and they're just going by, they will then post that to this Facebook page and let everyone know that it's there and it's first in, best dress, just like you're driving past and seeing it yourself and I adore it. So there's some types of thrifting and now let's get into our sunshine toolkit when it comes to thrift. As you will know, if you're a regular listener, each week our sunshine toolkit comes in a different form and this week it is a beautiful leather bound diary, which I thrifted. Just listen. That's me undoing the button and opening it up. And the first few pages have been torn out and I can kind of see the indent of words that were written before. I can't quite read what they were, but there are still hundreds and hundreds of pages for me to write in. It is beautiful. And on this first page, it says, Sunshine Toolkit, How to Thrift. There are five pages here that are written in. Let's get into them. My number one tip for becoming a guru when it comes to thrifting or op shopping is to shop for clothes in wealthy areas. That one sounds like a no-brainer and it probably is because it is. Look, my personal favorite op shops aren't in wealthy areas. They are in my local area, which is very middle range. Like we are all, we are all out here struggling under the weight of capitalism where I am, but you know, they're my favorites because they're convenient and they're easy and I know how to dig through and find something really cool. But if you go to a wealthy area, holy dooly, you can find so much good stuff and it is still the same price, especially if it's somewhere that tends to have sort of standardized pricing like a Savers or like a Salvation Army or something like that. So I am talking, you can walk in and buy, you know, like a $300 dress, brand new with tags for $15 and they don't even think twice about it. It, You know, people just have bought it, never worn it, donated it, and then you get to start 
the cyclical nature of that item of clothing's journey, which is really cool and also really cheap. And also you look really hot and feel really clever. So tip number one is to shop for clothes, thrift for clothes in wealthy areas. Tip number two is about how to thrift for fashion, especially if you don't often thrift. If you are new in this whole journey, welcome. I know it's daunting. I know there's a lot. I know, I know, I know. But A, you have got this and B, it is so exciting that you're here. The best thing you can do when you are going to thrift, especially if you walk in and you suddenly feel overwhelmed because there aren't, you know, the flashy signs with the hottie wearing the clothes that make you immediately want them. There isn't the guidance. There's not advertising telling you what you should buy or how you should look. The best thing you can do is shop for yourself as if you are a character. And what I mean by that is go on Pinterest, go on Instagram, go on TikTok, start noticing style that you love. Type in like a vague style. So for me, it might be boho, you know, and then narrow it down and narrow it down. Do you love bohemian chic clothing? Do you love beachy bohemian clothing? Do you love structured bohemian clothing? Do you want to dress like a Waldorf mom or a Steiner mom? Do you love clothing that is kind of pop punk and edgy and cool? Do you love clothing that is structured but not boho at all like we're talking blazers and straight skirts and little pumps find out what you love and commit it to memory you can even take photos if you want to if you need that inspiration with you the first few times you go but dress yourself in your mind as if you are a character in a movie a play a tv show who dresses in the style that you love This is especially exciting if you don't feel like you've got a personal style at the moment. When I started thrifting, I did not have a personal style at all. I used to lament it all the time. And then as I went, I'd be like, okay, I've looked at these photos. Look at this swishy skirt with a floral pattern on. This is something that Love Chloe Jane would wear, which is just an easy thing for me to call my character. Your character can have your name. It can have an alter ego's name. They can be called whatever you like. But Imagine that you're dressing that character. The other thing that I would say when it comes to dressing your character is don't get too carried away to the point that you are buying things that you don't actually feel good in or that you don't feel comfortable in or that you feel don't suit you, not because they're a different style, but because of the way that they sit on your body or, you know, anything like that. I have bought so many things in the past thinking, oh yeah, this character I've created who wears these clothes would love this. You know who doesn't love it? Chloe Grayling, me, the person who goes through my wardrobe every morning. So start on Pinterest, Instagram, TikTok, design a character in your mind, shop for that character, try things on for that character. And then while you're in the dressing room, do a little cross check. Yes, it suits the character. Does it also suit you? Tick. Love that. On our third page in today's Sunshine Toolkit, it says good thrifting karma. I love this one. It's very important and it's important for so many reasons. So I loathe to put constant ethical considerations on your plate 
but that's how I live. It's how I walk through life. So I'm just going to share with you my perspective on it. It's not a negative thing, but I'm always trying to build up good thrifting karma. That looks like, for me, never buying things with the intention to sell them on because I have been at places in my life where thrifting nice things and buying nice things secondhand that were affordable and accessible were the only option I had, especially if I was trying to be conscious of sustainability. So by taking only what we need, that's a really good way to do that. That also looks like giving back where we can. So I have had a series of really good thrifting karma lately. I actually, I've spent the last 10 years, I'm not even joking, looking for something anything in an op shop, not a consignment store, which I forgot to mention in my thrifting types earlier. Sorry, I just want to add in there. There are also consignment stores now where you can take your clothes in and then sell them and then the store gives you your percentage of the profit when someone else buys it. Anyway, not talking about those stores. I'm talking about old school thrift shops. I desperately for 10 years have had on my bucket list that I want to find something made by Spell, which is that brand I mentioned earlier ethically made, you know, long-lasting, lovely, adore them. 10 years I looked and a few weeks ago I walked into my local savers, the one I go to all the time, just down the road in Norlunga and there was a spell dress. And yes, this dress originally was worth a lot of money, like $300 or something when it was first on the website. It could be worth more now but I am never, ever, ever, ever selling that because the thrill in my heart of achieving this like random goal that I had was so exciting. So I then, the next time I was dropping some stuff off at the thrift shop at that same Savers, I decided to include in my bundle a beautiful Arnhem dress that I was going to sell. And I could have sold for about $150, but I thought, God, if someone else has that feeling that I felt when they pick up this dress, that is going to feel so good. As I was walking into the thrift store, I bumped into my sister-in-law and my brother-in-law and they live in Melbourne. So bumping into them was just a delight. And I explained to them, oh, you know how I found that dress the other day that I've been telling you about for years that I've been looking for. I'm just trying to keep building up that good thrift karma. The next day, my sister-in-law called me. She had walked into another thrift shop and the first thing she saw hanging on a rack was another spell dress and she had bought that for me and gifted it to me which was so kind and so beautiful and I just feel like it was a yes good thrifting karma is important kind of vibe. Also if you need any other incentive to be thrifting clothes in reverse so to be giving your old clothes to a thrift shop often you can get a discount my local savers you get a 20% off voucher when you donate things which really comes in handy and again it just is all about that feel good cycle page four of five in our sunshine toolkit today says adjust expectations and what that means isn't that you are going to have to buy clothes and wear clothes or buy furniture and use furniture that is grubby. Your expectations should be that you are buying things that are clean, you are buying things that are in good working order and fair condition, maybe not brand, brand, brand new, but the price is going to reflect that. We bought two big armchairs recently, two of them, for $11.99, $11.99, and they're not in perfect nick, but we're going to use them anyway. They're going to be lived in anyway. They're going to get 
roughed up anyway because that's the house that they've come into. So when I say adjust your expectations, I don't mean it in that way. I mean, adjust your expectations about exactly what it is that you're looking for. And I think we spoke about this on Monday. Thrifting more, even over the last six months, has really made me realize I have some very rigid expectations of what it is I'm looking for. If I'm looking for a set of jars to put in the kitchen, I have exactly in my mind's eye what I want and what I need and nothing else will suffice. But I've had to start saying to myself, BFFR, you actually do not need this exact thing that you've conjured up or you've seen on the internet that is going to cost 10 times the price that is made of material that is half as good and that serves the exact same purpose as the stuff at the thrift store which is not exactly what you want but absolutely is worth working with. Our last page in our Sunshine Toolkit today says buy for life. Now, I spoke about this earlier in the week. Again, I spoke about my one example, which is that I buy leather shoes only. I buy secondhand leather shoes. And that is because I know that those leather shoes will last as long as I need them to last. They're something I can take care of. They're something I can give love to, you know, and polish and oil and whatever. There's something that I feel good about giving new life to and there's something that, you know, are not going to disintegrate while I'm wearing them. They're not going to fall apart with good care. And if and when I decide to donate them onto someone else, the life cycle of those shoes will last, you know, three, another two, three, five, ten people if they have to. Now, you might not like leather in general. That's fine. All I mean is that it's really important if you are going to start thrifting to buy things that are made of materials that are long lasting that you will want to pick up, that you will want to wear. So for me, that looks like buying lots of things that are cotton or rayon or linen. Again, very affordable when you're thrifting, especially compared to buying brand new, especially compared to that. I try and avoid things that are mostly polyester. I don't really mind so much if I'm buying things new and there's something that is really specific that I need. There's so much in this world we need to worry about. That's not something I personally get super caught up on. But I do just try and find things that are not going to fall apart in the washing machine, that are well-made, that are good brands. And I don't mean that because because I'm a brand snob. I mean that because if I know that it comes from a brand that has a good reputation and has a good history, it will last a long time. And another benefit of thrifting, because I just can't give you enough, is the fact that clothes that were made 10, 15, 30 years ago Honestly, they were made to last in a very different way than clothes are now. The fashion cycle is so quick now and it's moving so fast and everyone's trying to cut corners and cut costs and like, I get it, it must be a lot to live in that world, but knowing that there are still clothes out there available for us to buy that are going to last a long time, that are affordable, that are beautiful, that are going to set our style, (sighs) that's a good feeling. 
I have two recommendations now that we are done with the Sunshine Toolkit today, and they're a little bit abstract. The first is a book. It's a book called Future Steading, and it's by Jade Miles. And this book is actually not really about thrifting specifically. It's more about homesteading or living sustainably at home, living off the land, growing things, harvesting things finding things, working with what you've got. And I really love it. I'll link it in the show notes. It's one of my favorite books of all time. It is more applicable to me because we live on the land, like we have land. might not be applicable to you if you live in an apartment or a townhouse, but it's still a great read. And the second recommendation I've got today is for you to find your favorite op shop. Even if you've already got one, I don't care. I want you to go to at least three op shops or thrift shops or secondhand stores or salvage stores in your area in one afternoon, maybe five if you've got the time, and I want you to rank them. I want you to work out where sells beautiful things that are affordable and accessible that you can check in on any time that you're about to duck out and buy something new, that you can head to and you can see first if they've got what you're looking for, be that clothes, furniture, artwork, containers for the kitchen, anything before you go and buy it new because it's not just that long-term stuff. It's not just the I'm saving the world stuff. It's all of the short-term feel-good stuff that we spoke about earlier and on Monday as well. And the last thing that we are doing today, my love, is the brand new segment that I spoke about briefly before. I thought I'd really like to end each week with a good news segment. Obviously, we start each week with a mindful moment, so that's about sort of grounding us in the episodes as they begin. And what I'd like to do at the end of each week is to send you off with some good news that I have read lately. And this week, look, I don't know what this segment's going to be called because we are just seeing how things go. And I think that probably I'll have one bit of good news each week. But to kick us off with a bang, I have three bits of good news for you. I will link resources for each of these in the show notes as well so you know that I'm not just making them up and they're not directly related to the topic I don't think they always will be they're just something nice to send you off into the world with so the first bit of good news for you today is that about 40% of the world's power generation is now renewable globally that is about 40% of our electricity coming from renewable energy. And when we're looking at new energy that is created, 83% of new power capacity created in 2022 was renewable. So we are definitely moving in a really positive direction when it comes to where we're getting our energy from, where we're getting our power from, where we're getting our resources from. And I don't know about you, but I love to hear that. The second bit of good news for us today is that in 2023, in the United States of America, homicides saw a historic 12.8% decline in that year, despite the fact that the perception is that crime is on the rise. So that was across more than 175 cities. This data was brought to us by a firm called AH Analytics, and they found that murders were down 12.8% and that 77% of Americans believe that there is more crime than ever, but the data is actually showing the reverse. 
Our last bit of good news today is that according to UNICEF, there are 50 million more girls in school today than there were in 2015. So that just doesn't look like population growth. Actually, it's not really related to that at all. It also looks like these amazing completion rates. So from 2015 through to 2023, the completion rate of girls in primary school, so girls completing primary school across the world, rose from 86% to 89%. In lower secondary or in middle school, that number rose from 74 to 79%. And across the world, girls completing upper secondary education rose from 54% to 61%. So that is between 2015 and 2023. That is a brilliant upward chart. And again, it just makes me feel hopeful. Makes me feel hopeful that we are moving into more informed, more educated, brighter, better days for everyone. And I hope you feel like that as well. I hope you feel excited to take the next step in your thrifting journey or your sustainability journey. I hope it doesn't feel daunting. I hope it feels good and cool and fun and challenging. If you enjoyed this episode and this is your first ever listen of The Sunshine Project, I think you'll really like the money series that I did as well, especially how to hack your spending. I had a lot of feedback on that episode that people love the practical nature of it and this is kind of similar to that. So I recommend going that and giving a listen if you haven't. And if you have listened to all of the Sunshine Project episodes, then I recommend you subscribe. So you know when the next one's out, you can subscribe here. You can subscribe on every listing app you can think of. I mean, you can do what you want, but I would really, really appreciate that. Please come and say hi on socials. I am at the.sunshineproject on Instagram. And I'm in the group, the Sunshine Project podcast community on Facebook. I can't wait to talk about this episode there. I love you, good human. Thank you for listening and I'll speak to you soon. Bye. This podcast was recorded and edited on Ghana land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.